0: everybody welcome back to the in the dome podcast. okay well uh man this has been weird because you had you had the christmas break compounded with the COVID break you come back you stink out four games you get another COVID break this feels like we're playing one game a week right now it's ridiculous
1: it's bullshit and i mean what did daryl say he was it's just like the piss poor the shitty schedule it's exactly what it is this is stupid yeah there was i just finished watching
0: some interviews there was some questioning i guess he because he was saying conditioning was way off and i didn't i actually didn't see the senators game thank god um but they were gonna he was getting asked about it he thinks it's a combination of just too many breaks, too many layoffs. I mean, when they had the, the Christmas break and the COVID breaks, they weren't even allowed. Like when the team got COVID, what was it? Ten days they were off? Eight to ten days. And they couldn't even practice, even though they all had it. They couldn't practice. So they're just kind of sitting around. Then there's Christmas break. And then, I don't know, he thinks the conditioning is a combination of being off too much. And then some guys, you know, if they did get COVID and they were sick, it's probably an effect from that, but I don't know. I didn't see the the Senators game. I'm, I can picture in my head what it was. I can I can feel it.
1: Hey, Matt Murray, dude hasn't had a win in like forty seven years, but he looked like the Vesno uh, favorite out there against us. Yeah, say no fucking more. Okay? As soon as you throw that stat out, you know you're in for a rough night. Yeah, I knew. I literally knew as soon as Matt Murray was starting, and they threw out the hey, he hasn't won a game in 408 weeks. I was like, we are definitely losing tonight.
0: <laughs> Although the game before that, it was the it was the goalie's first time, and we actually fucking won. Where was that? It was a while ago.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a precedent breaker. That, I don't remember was that where Boston that was. Boston or something? I can't remember. Might have been. But yeah, they looked like that. That. Ottawa game was terrible. They were sloppy as shit. They looked like they were sick and tired and just looked like absolute dog shit.
0: It was funny because I texted or not in text I tweeted. tweeted. So, yeah, like I'm I like typically I'm on Twitter all the time. And I think you're on Instagram all the time. But it's just like there's no
1: fucking hockey. There's no hockey.
0: What's the point? I don't I'm not arena- going to
1: go on Instagram and talk about the fucking arena deal. That's for sure. I'm not going to go on Twitter and just,
0: oh, I'll tell you what I think about COVID. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's the last fucking thing I want to do is hear more about COVID. Last thing. So, if I haven't been on Twitter and you haven't been on Instagram and you guys are missing us in any capacity on those platforms, we apologize, but it's not our I fault. I don't apologize. It's not our fucking fault. COVID's ruining lives. However, NHL did announce today no more testing for asymptomatic players. I think it was Yeiserman. it was Yeiserman and I think a few other players made some what are comments. you saying
1: Yizerman? for? What the shit is that? Are you doing that on purpose?
0: Yeah, Yizerman. He was the he was the GM that spoke. I think yeah, first. I know it's Steve Eiserman though. No,
1: Yizerman, bro. Yeiserman. What the yeah, shit? yeah, yeah. It's like Bill Clinton. Isn't it? Remember when Bill Clinton called him Steve Yezerman? Well, they call him Stevie Y. Weiserman. I guess Iserman? so. That's true. I thought it. Iserman? You're saying I, Iserman? I say Iserman. No, it's the Iserman. Bro. Fuck! It sounds weird now that I'm saying Steve Iserman But it's Steve Iserman. Come on! Oh, come on! It's not Iserman. It's the Iserman. Pull Anyways. some old clips.
0: Pull up some old clips.
1: People Iserman's, listening, I'm hearing Bob Cole talk about it. it. Says Iserman. I don't know.
0: People listening, is it Iserman or Iserman? We'll we'll finish the debate here soon. Pull up a clip, so we know um anyways what did he was like three weeks ago
1: i think that was like even longer ago that was like a month ago
0: he was kind of pissed and just said look why are we testing healthy individuals and i know it caused a stir because i mean you can't say anything without someone getting offended like literally you can't it's impossible everybody's a fucking expert even though there's a complete spectrum of, of perspective everybody's an expert Twitter experts, Twitter experts. Well, everybody, uh, it's just Twitter now. It's fucking the whole fucking world, (laughs) right? But he does make a good point. I mean, look at these athletes. I guess maybe there's a concern that, like, they're not sure they're getting sick with COVID, but if they're asymptomatic, they're they're not getting sick at all. And I get it. You want to protect everybody possible. But fuck, like at some point, like how much, how much more destruction to every fucking goddamn business in the world, every economy in the world can we can we take? Until like,
1: well then what? Well, I mean, like the NBA relaxed their testing requirements too. So, uh, yeah. What is the, the, and
0: the NFL doesn't do it, do they? And no. then they do scrap it a long time ago? Yeah. Or did they ever have it?
1: they scrapped it a while ago or I'm, I don't know. I'm not an NFL guy, but um the other thing is too, like, wasn't the testing thing for guys who tested positive in the NHL now, like expanded to like 90 days or some shit. So there was really going to only be a small percentage of players who would be testing on a regular basis. So it it would, I don't think it would make any sense to continue doing this. So, about, it's about time, I would say.
0: Well, you can't
1: because there's just so many lost
0: fucking games, and I don't know. It's just ridiculous. The other the other non-Flames related thing I wanted to talk about was Matheson versus Dry That was making its rounds today.
1: Holy fuck. I love it so much. The See, best thing's happened all season.
0: It's funny because
1: this podcast
0: is interesting. I mean, you and I were we're generally in what? Agreement 80% of the time, at least, I would say. However, I'm on, I'm in dry settle's
1: camp on this one, dude. Dude, I'm in nobody's camp. I'm over here on team chaos. I'm like, fucking (laughs) hell's yes to all of this. Like, Jim Matheson is a total clown, but come on, like, this is amazing. Like, I take no sides. I just delight in the destruction.
0: Who is worse, Matheson or Spectre? They're both they're both brutal. They have 2 They're both Francis's.
1: terrible. They have so, two
0: Francis's up
1: there. They do, but the thing with like the the thing that's weird about those guys in Edmonton is usually they're like sucking the players off, right?
0: Oh man, if you have you guys, okay, yeah. Has anybody watched
1: an intermission report there? It's unbelievable. Yeah, Team it's Prince like, like it's literally like, oh, Connor, can I take? It's just like, holy shit, guys, like cool it. And they carry water for the organization like crazy, so. It's kind of a bit of a different – I don't know. Maybe I'm way off because I don't watch the Oilers media shit as much. Well, I
0: would say – but that's true except for these two. Matheson and Spectre are just like they're – they go against the – they're like – from my experience, and I won't say it's a lot because I'm on Flames Twitter most of the time, but Matheson is just like Francis. He's just as hated, I would say, maybe more so now.
1: I think he's just as hated, but like I don't know. Maybe he's not as hated – I think he might be hated because he's a fucking moron and he's always like – uh, standing up for the GMs as opposed to like asking moronic questions. Maybe I'm way yeah, off on that. I don't know. Yeah, Francis. But I mean, holy shit, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't think even think about clipping it because it it's was an, an unbelievably little... unprofessional. I can't believe that an NHL reporter would say that to to a hockey player.
0: Well, and he's very unprofessional in how he responds too. But here's the thing, because. I I don't honestly I I didn't spend too much time on social media with it just reading through comments but
1: it, I, I'm not sure where the
0: where people lie in this in this camp I'm sure if you're
1: I think everybody's like math a moron like you good like you, what a st- absolute clown
0: I think I think that's the majority even though there were a lot of
1: dry was getting a lot of criticism too but I think more so from matheson's peers right if but, i did if dry saddle wasn't a bitch and he didn't play for the Oilers, i wouldn't be criticizing him as much
0: i never thought of putting a clip in here because it's the oilers we're not going to do it gonna, I, I hate them too much but if you haven't heard it you got to google it matheson and dry but matheson opens up and you know and how do you know because we have one in our fucking city Aaron <laughs> francis is the same thing delights absolutely delights in throwing people under the bus usually he likes to hone in on single individuals and throw one individual under the bus he really seems to get off on that and so matheson takes the same approach was he not trying to get dry to say their goaltending has been atrocious
1: was he not well, is he not the same guy who was like talking to the and in, in the summer and be like, so you suck? How did you like feeling all summer that the fan base hates you? Isn't he the same guy asked that? Yeah, that's the same same yeah. thing. So, so he probably literally,
0: literally ask the the gold, backup gold for the Oilers. So yeah, so uh on social media, everybody was saying how much you aren't good all summer long. How do you how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> so you know he's trying to get Dry Sell so to talk shit about the goaltender—that's not a real fucking question. And here's the other thing: you can tell by you watch Drysdale's body language. Just like the players know Eric Francis is an absolute idiot, and they've lost respect for him. It's the same thing up in Edmonton. Oh, they totally. feel the same. They feel the same way about Matheson. As soon as he opens yeah. his fucking mouth, side knows a bunch of shit's gonna fall out of it. So he's, he's already at a dislike level. And then you ask him that, of course, he's going to respond like that. I was, I actually pains me to say this, but I lost a little bit of hatred for dry today. Just from that.
1: (laughs) See, I, I just, like I said, team chaos. I, I loved, I loved it for both. Like if it was Johnny Gaudreau up there, I'd be, Furious, but when it's Leon Dreisaitl, I can't help but just be delighted. <laughs> it was so funny, and I don't know, like maybe it's just the Oilers. The Oilers hating me, but ah, uh, he is He is kind of pissy. He's kind of a
0: he's well, kind yeah, of a powder. He is a pissy powder. We've talked about it, but yeah, it doesn't take Matheson
1: to put him into that space, right? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I fucking loved it. I'm so, I'm so glad that that happened today that just made my day that was that (laughs) excellent all
0: right the other thing I want to touch on before we get into uh, the two games and discuss where this team's at I don't I don't know if there's much you know point in really spending much time and trying to guess I mean we got to see what else happens next but on the last podcast we were talking about Brad true living what he's got to do what can he do and I, th- I think I learned something new. Do we, are we going, there's something about a crude cap space that I did not know about, right? Because after our podcast, what was it the a couple of days after you sent me, you sent me an article by Haley. Was it Slit? What's her last name? Salvin. Salvian. 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 It's a good article. Actually, it was very similar to what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. but in there, I didn't know this. She um, there's an accrued cap space. You looked into it. What does this mean? It, so, because I just thought that your cap, what it is now, unless you add or remove players, it's going to be the same, but there's, there's something accrued. Tell us how it works.
1: Well, just accrues over time, right? Like a team's cap hit is calculated based on each day of the season. So if you pick up a player at the trade deadline, you're only paying them. Um, for the remainder of that season projected. I believe right now the flames have somewhere in the what six to $7 million range. I haven't checked in the last few days. Yeah. I think
0: it was six in the article. So, and this is, this is um, cap friendly, right? They do a projected cap space. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't know this. I didn't know that your caps get your cap space could go up, but Very interesting, because now you're looking at, and this was projected at the deadline, the Flames would have six mil in cap space.
1: So Brad could definitely make an addition. He can make a few, uh, two, how many, how many depth defensemen can he make with like five and a half mil, six mil? That's like at least three or four. Wow, he's going to go hog wild, dude. If Daryl wasn't here, It would happen again, but Daryl will not let it happen. Well, okay. And then put this into the context, though, of what Elliot Friedman said on 32 Thoughts. I don't know if you saw this today. Um, I didn't know. So Friedman said the Flames are not willing to part with any picks or prospects at the moment. And even for uh, guys, like, on a smaller scale, they wouldn't be interested in trading picks or prospects for someone like Giordano. So it sounds like it might be the same old, this trade deadline, but the the, the most hilarious thing was from what Elliot said was like, they were willing to go to give up whatever for Eichel to to which I, my comment was, well, if they're willing to give up, those things for eichel why didn't why weren't they willing to give up those things for eichel cuz he's not on the team but anyways um i don't know like what else do you trade if not picks and prospects on this team for a guy who can score some goals i mean he's got to do something doesn't he i mean you think so right <laughs> but every year comes and goes and we're like hey, he's got to do something doesn't so what's
0: he supposed to do, though? Is what's the, he the answer?
1: supposed to do? I don't know. Something's got to happen. But Friedman says the Flames philosophy is. Um, they are not giving up any picks or prospects, so maybe, uh, he, maybe the intention is to resign your best three players. That would be a nice thing to do. That would be definitely a nice thing to do. So
0: maybe the the game plan is you're going all in for next season then.
1: I don't know. Because
0: nobody's coming off the
1: books though, is there? No well, substantial. Get, you'd think you have to figure out a way to deal with Monhan and or Backlund this off season, so. If you could deal both them, does anybody come off the books? Substantial? Well, I mean Zdorov, I guess. He's 3.75. Like even, yeah. That's really it. I mean, you're losing Pitlick and Brett Ritchie. Those are smaller. Uh, dude, you know how they reset Ritchie. Yeah. So, how'd you like is... that? How'd you like Richie's shot? In front,
0: <laughs> two feet in front of the net, eh? How'd you like that? Riff well, he
1: had a, there was a, a chance he had in the Ottawa game, too. He was playing with poor Monge Bonnie. Oh, my God, dude. Great rush by Monge. Like, dude sets him up. You couldn't have a more tap in goal, whatever. And Richie just like buries it into Matt Murray's pad, like buries it, like just fucking lasers the thing right into the leather of his pad. It was unbelievable. No, tonight was
0: unbelievable, dude. Did you see the the replay tonight?
1: Yeah, it's like up in the netting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's like, how do you
1: even do that?
0: That was the best angle because it's up behind the net. And because when you watch it in real time, you're like, oh, yeah. And the announcer's like, oh, off the crossbar. Wow. We just about had one. And then you watch the replay. and It's just like, how did it launch off his stick
1: in that? Like, it's almost direction?
0: impressive. It is. It's like, dude, you are really bad. <laughs> it's impressive how bad you were. Um, but he'll be resigned. Come on. Oh, dude, come on. How is he chewing gum is my question. What do
1: you mean? Brett Ritchie. He's, he's got the fucking Trident or whatever that is going. Well, I mean, like, there's something that needs to be done about all these guys who are chewing gum on the flames, like absolute pigs, like Chris Tanev, Brett Richie. like. I don't mind Tanev but gum chewing. Brett Richie's no, gum. He can't chew that gum like
0: that. Brett Richie's gum chewing annoys me because he's chewing Trident. Like, if you're chewing gum playing sports, you got to have some big league chew or
1: some double bubble or issues you got to have something thick. Hubba Bubba. Hubba, bubba. anyways i don't know it remains to be seen the pressure seems to be on seems to be is on brad Tree Living to do something so then you know he won't so you what kind of a fucking know you won't
0: is that like the okay so if you're let's look at elliot's comments if you're brad Tree living what's your strategy in holding on like nothing he does really is makes sense does it, does it? well what is his, what's the what's his strategy make an
1: argument for him me make an argument for brad she living can't do it no what world is this but um, why would
0: why would he want to why would he not want to do anything why would he not want to make the team better why would he not want to address? because
1: that's to- how he operates like he's ta- he, he takes this low risk path of least resistance right like what's what would be more risky going all in at the deadline and then getting canned if you get booted in round 1 or just playing it safe and trying again next year with the same what he thinks he's going to be around for the rebuild is that what this is about same roster well he's probably around for next year at least unless a colossal failure ensues over the next 2 months but yeah okay i don't see how if you're
0: in the hunt you don't Add something or like, or maybe, like I said, his evaluation of this team is you are not beating the top five, one of those top five teams. You're not getting through one of them. So maybe he knows that and he's game planning for next season. But if you're Brad, you're living, that's kind of all you should game plan for because there's nothing indicating that you're going to be still on contract past next season.
1: Well, I don't know. Like tonight was a perfect example of like when Johnny Gaudreau decide decide, when Johnny Gaudreau is the best player on the ice uh, by far, you can, you can score some goals, but again, like go back to the past previous, like Daryl, again, Daryl keeps talking about this. You're asking him about the road trip and you said we couldn't finish our chances specifically against Florida. Right. Everyone knows this team needs (laughs) some goal scores, So I I don't know. Like you think he, you think he has to do something. Okay. Yeah. Well, you would, but based on the Elliott Freeman comments, you would assume that he's not. Well, he says they don't want to pay picks and prospects, which is okay. So, but then what what do you have on this team? You can, you can trade for.
0: All you have is pick some prospects if you're
1: Brad, unless oh, someone's, uh, unless, uh, yeah, like, unless then, someone's, uh, maybe someone's interested in Backlund. He's got a limited no trade clause too. The thing is, so like, for teams? me, like, I would feel like if he's he's Mister Hates Rentals, even though he pulls his little rent rented de- defenseman every deadline.
0: A, rents four defenseman every yeah. Deadline.
1: <laughs> Like this would be the per not the perfect, this would be really the only chance you have at actually a rental in the context of you're probably not looking to take on any money for next year, anyways, given that you have to resign your three best players. So, like, I feel like the market for a rental, like, if if any year you were going to rent a guy, now would be the time. No. Yes. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, it's not fucking rocket science here. Like,
0: or, or maybe, maybe we need to read into what Elliot's saying, and, and he's not just not going to make a big splash. And you just pick some prospects, he'll
1: probably tinker, right? Oh, he'll tinker, definitely. He's the king of tinkering, he's the tinker. There's a Spider Man villain called the Tinkerer. That's Brad Truth of me, Tinkerbell. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more apropos for sure. Um. But, I mean like the other thing I keep thinking of is um, like the depth of this team is so fucking thin like we have been it's a miracle that this team has been healthy if Johnny Joe yeah. gets hurt if Matthew Chuck gets hurt if imagine if Elias Lindholm got hurt like holy shit imagine what's your I, Tan- imagine <laughs> your, imagine if Chris tanev got hurt imagine Marker got hurt like this team is an injury away from absolute disaster so Geez, dude. No, let's stand pat. Probably. Like, even in the playoffs, right? Like, how do you expect to go on a long playoff run without depth? Like, here's your depth right now. Brett Ritchie's in your usually in your top nine. So whether or not he wants to pay picks and that's the other thing, too, that that I think is irking most people. is like, when did he suddenly become attached to not paying picks. Like this is the guy who pissed away every piece of draft capital we had for the likes of Brian Elliott, Michael Stone, and Travis Hamanick. And we're in year two two of a rebuild, and he's trading one, two, two for Dougie Hamilton. So it's like he's like learning, but it's like, hey, well, don't do it. Don't, right? Like he's learning things at the wrong time.
0: The line combos were probably the best they've been in weeks tonight. Oh, yeah, easily. Because, I mean, you say Richie's been in the top nine. He wasn't tonight. Thank Christ. But even the line combinations as a whole make the most sense tonight with Lucic, Dubé, and and Monaghan on the third line. And then Manji Pony where he fucking should be in the top six. He um was that you saying he was rubbing off on Coleman and back back
1: on today. I was saying that. No, that must have been something. Well, I mean, he set he set Coleman up for a goal. So, yeah, I think so. And he was really good on the forecheck. I don't know. That line wasn't as good as I was hoping tonight. But that's the best configuration. Yeah, like but I the fourth line is the fourth no. line's a fucking mess. Every time they're in their own end, you're like, Holy fuck, are they gonna be able to get out? Right. And so that's why I understand why Daryl, because everybody's like, Oh, Monji needs to play more. It's like, well, Monji can carry a line. So if you don't want the bottom half of your roster to be sunk, you have to put him somewhere else. Um, so I get why Daryl does that specifically on the road, like with matchups. If a team can match up, and I mean, the Monaghan line was good tonight, but usually they aren't. So if a team can match up on home ice against have your entire bottom half of your roster be like below replacement level players, that's a big problem. So I understand why Daryl puts Mangiapane on that line. Um, I'm curious to see if this is something he just does at home and then reverts back to this in the road when they don't have the matchup advantage. But, yeah, the top six, that's the, that's the only way the top six is going to be a threat is to have your best top six players in the top six. Yeah, you, got, you have to do it. So, explain this to me, dude.
0: Because it's not like, I, I mean, did we just get, I wouldn't say we got lucky tonight with our goal scoring. Maybe we got some puck, some puck luck, maybe. Like, it was going in tonight.
1: Yeah, Coleman's Coleman's went in.
0: Yeah, that was some puck luck, right? At first I thought Matthew Kachuk's goal was fluke until I see on replay he actually somehow tipped that in. Have you ever seen a tip like that before?
1: I thought it went off his ass and then I watched it again. It's just like incredible, dude. It's unbelievable. Like this okay, he
0: gets a, a pass. What is it? foot and a half off the ice behind him from about four feet away like what's a what's your reaction time on that just to make contact at all let alone
1: yeah let
0: alone corral it into the fucking net give me a fucking break that was maybe the best tip i've ever seen in my life i'm not even kidding
1: the guy is that's one of he's such a unique player. He's got a weird set of skills that are just like and tipping pucks is one of them. Like fuck, he's good at that.
0: So I mean, the broadcast kept saying that Florida was the best team in the league, but I'm looking at the league standings. Tampa is first. Florida's two points back of two games in hand. Although Carolina has the best points percentage. But how do you go from – and look, we, we, we talked about this on the last podcast. The power play was making you look worse than you, than you were because we, we did the game stats for each of those Calif- – well, the, not the California, but the, the Florida and the Carolina games. And outside of Tampa Bay, it was hands-down domination, but Florida and Carolina were actually a lot closer than the outcomes – But you still left those three games feeling like, holy fuck. We got dominated. We're not even close to these teams. Then you come home and you lose to the Senators.
1: And then you fucking kick the Panthers' ass. Like, how do you explain this? Well, I think the Senators game was like you said. No, this team seems to be, again, you got to remember. I think now is a good time to bring to the Daryl quote. um, And he said it twice today. Um, when kind of explaining all this shit, he was was emphasizing that the Flames are working from the bottom up, not from the top down.
0: Your entire game
1: tonight? Yeah, I don't view it as a losing streak. I look at it as how we play. And, you know, obviously we didn't think we played very well against Buffalo or wherever we played the last game, Ottawa. But we felt we played well enough on the road to win games, but we just weren't sealing the deal enough. So, um, you know, as I said it this morning, we're not in the top breaking our way down we're at the bottom working our way up so we have to play complete games to in order to stay in the playoff conversation pretty clear pretty straightforward right and i think that's kind of driving home his point of like this is still a learning process for a lot of these guys who whether he's <laughs> he's indicating these guys have not been coached properly over the last six seven years or developed properly or developed properly I think that's a good way to look at it because you go into that, that Florida road trip thinking like, holy fuck, we're one of the best teams in the league. We're on top. Then you get crushed and it's like, Oh, I guess we suck. um And you come home, you lose to Ottawa. It's like, whoa, well, we do suck. And I mean, Daryl's always talking about, he even said it tonight. He's like, I, I don't even really care about wins and losses. His quote was, "You're gonna win some games and you're gonna lose some games." He's more concerned with how the team's playing. Um. So for a for a group of guys who kind of needs, I don't know if it's hand holding, but they they needed a lot of practice. And I mean, the the day after the Ottawa game, it wasn't a bag skate, but apparently it was high intensity, like full on practice. Yep. Um, well, and they had a
0: few days, a string of practices
1: together, yeah. right, to work on stuff. One of them being the fucking power play, which showed tonight. Yeah, and getting back to basics and structure and checking in all three zones showed tonight too. So, I think this is yeah. a team that, like, you know, if they stray from Daryl's structure, is going to struggle. And I mean, we saw that in a multiple in multiple ways. Like against Florida, they were pretty good in the first period. But then they kind of just like abandon all defensive structure and kind of try to outscore them and go uh, nuclear versus nuclear and Florida's in, gonna win that battle all day long. Yeah, in Florida.
0: In Florida. And, and that's how Daryl said too, is is that when they got behind the eight ball. Yeah. Then they are pushing for chances and giving up more chances, and you can't do that against the Panthers. You get a fucking eat alive.
1: Yeah. And then you saw something a little different, but again, straying from the structure against Ottawa, where it was like they were sloppy as fuck against the Senators. And they looked like the Jeff Ward Flames out there, and they got beat. Um, but That's then Jeff Ward ne- game, eh? Oh, that was a Jeff Ward game, if I've ever seen one. But again, I, like the fact that they play, they, they beat the Panthers tonight, like Daryl Sutter is like the constant in all this that we can just kind of like, Hey, Daryl's, Daryl's got this because like, I guarantee you if Jeff Ward's behind the bench or Gulletson or Bill Peters, behind oh, the yeah, bench, they probably get their fucking asses uh, kicked tonight. They would have
0: spiraled for sure.
1: They would spiral. Exactly. And that's the one thing we haven't seen this team do. We kind of almost got there over the last four games. But they haven't spiraled out of control like Edmonton's doing right now. It hasn't been like, okay, they, they were what, two, seven in one? That's not, that's pretty bad. But it's not like those years where it's like, holy fuck, the Flames are like on this seven year losing streak and they've completely fallen off the face. They're, they've blown their playoff spot. Now they have to have a miracle run to even get back into playoff contention. So they're staying in the playoff picture, which is all we need. And they're working on like what Daryl says. They're working from the bottom up. It's it's like baby steps with these guys. They're improving bit by bit. It's still going to be a process, ups and downs, shit like that. Um, but holy, f- tonight was a huge, huge win. And I don't even think they dominated necessarily. I think Markstrom played really well. I think tonight was a game where it's just like, hey, okay, Johnny Joe was heads and shoulders, the best player on the ice. And Markstrom was really good. And they scored on the power play.
0: They've lost seven in a row. Oh, I'm just looking at the oil. Well, oh, yeah, Matheson was talking about their losing streak. (laughs) So I'm just looking at their schedule here because they went on a tear to start the season.
1: Oh, they were like what 16 and five or something.
0: Yeah, and then in December, they lost one, two, three, four, five, six straight games. And we all thought that was kind of funny. Then they won two. And then they are a victim of postponed games to a week and a half postponed. And then they've lost one, two, three, four, five, six. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You love to see it. Fucking love it. You love to see it. So, yeah, I think um, I mean, I mentioned this earlier in the season, that I was, even though we were rolling and there's a part of your, your back of your brain as PTSD is like, fuck, how long can this possibly last for? Mm-hmm. Knowing that Daryl's behind the bench and he's the constant, I even said, I'm not worried, they're not going to dip. But they did after the break. But I, th- I kind of feel like the break, this break that they had was different than what they've had in the past. Right. It wasn't like, oh, it's the, the all-star break or, oh, it's the fucking one-week mandated break-off by the CBA and now they stink. Right, This was like, okay, you're breaking, but you're breaking because you're going through all these protocols. You can't even practice. I mean, this team, if you look at the last week and the preparation of the Florida game tonight, now they're actually allowed to practice when they have these big breaks, these big layoffs. And what we've noticed from day one since Daryl took over this team, the more this team has practice time, the better they are because Daryl's a good coach, and he utilizes that to the maximum, and he knows how to make, you know, draw from practice and utilize it in a game so that it has a good effect, like they were ready to play tonight.
1: Yeah, and I mean, guys he even called out were ready to play tonight. You look at Monaghan as Daryl was asked about Lindholm kind of tailing off, and I mean, Daryl's main point was, yeah, well, the guys below him is sucked ass, so yep. they better pull up their pants. And you know, Monahan had one of his best his best game of the season tonight. You had them ready to go tonight. Okay, let's let's go through the the scoring summer here because there's
0: we haven't had one of these for a while, but you know when you go through a season. There's there's a few handfuls of games that's really stand out. Just like fuck, that was awesome.
1: That right? was tonight. Was a fucking was a fun ass game.
0: That was fun. Yeah. What, wait, what only thing would make it more fun is if there was a a fight and somebody got their ass kicked, right?
1: Yeah. If Luchich just beat okay, what a bummer it is that Lucci just beat the shit out of Scott Sabran twice uh, to empty crowds. He did it in Ottawa last year. Nobody in the building. He didn't in Calgary the other night with like barely anybody in the building. So that's kind dude, of a what, boomer. what a beat down dude. Like he beat the living piss out of him. Like I said,
0: I tweeted that I missed the game. How was it? And people filled me and they're like, there's only two things we were like you needed to see. One was that fight. My God, dude, that is literally man versus beast. And Sabrin's a big boy. Like, how tough is Lucic, man? Like, he's like not even tough. He's just fucking strong. He's like behemoth strength. Like, he was throwing him around like a rag doll, connecting on the last two or three punches. See his uh, knuckles after? Oh, yeah. Fuck. What a beast. And then did you see the play where Kachuk versus Kachuk in front of the Ottawa net?
1: Yeah, and he gave him the old smack in the balls. <laughs> How <laughs>
0: fucking great was that? <laughs> this is why I love Matthew Tkachuk, man. Matt. I
1: even tonight, like he got into it with Huberto. Like, what a fucking beauty Matthew Tkachuk is. He's the best. He is the best.
0: And did you watch his? Usually, these are so fucking lame when the when the NHL and the teams they do like these stupid little one-on-ones with the players and oh, ask and like questions, like something about
1: mullets or something.
0: Yeah, but that whole thing—he's like every response he gives is so hilarious, man. I just find.
1: Yeah, he's he's like there's no he needs to be at the All Star game. Like, is he going to the All Star? I don't think he is. No, he's not. He's because not? remember when oh he was there in God, St. Louis, dude. and it's like all these other fucking duds that NHL needs so much more guys like Chuck. It's ridiculous.
0: Dude, the fact that he's not there or got voted on yeah. is a fucking joke. Absolute joke. Like, remember when Ovechkin. What he wear the well, that was Kane wore the Superman cape, right? Yeah, Ovechkin
1: you know, no, put like sunglasses on and had like yeah, two that stupid hat. Yeah,
0: like put Matthew Kuchuk, like why isn't Matthew Kachuk going just for entertainment value?
1: Well, he was there last. He was it last year in St. Louis. No, I don't think they did it Oh, last whatever year. the fuck happened last he time? Was he,
0: he stole the show?
1: He stole the show. He had like the 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 Cardinals jersey on, stole the show.
0: So anyways, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a tussle in front of the Ottawa Center's net. I don't think Brady rec- realized who it was. No. He, he just kind of turned around and threw a body down, but it was Matthew. And like in one foul swoop, just one swift fluid motion, as he's falling, Matthew's like, no, bro, that's not <laughs> happening. And he fucking <laughs> turns around, swings his stick, and slashes him right in the nuts. Hey, <laughs> That was fucking awesome. Was that not? Fuck, that was great. That was great. Anyways, was there anything else in that game worth no, discussing? No, that was a
1: terrible game. Just fucking swipe, sweep that one right into the fucking rocket. Yeah, man. forget that ever happened. And listen, I can deal with games like that if they come back and play well and beat Florida 5 1. Games like that become Jeff, like Jeff Ward games become. Like, you know, you can get really sick. It's people get, and myself included, get into the trap of like seeing a game like that. And like you said, oh, here we go again. I don't, I don't care about games like that. If you come out and play a good game and win after a really intense practice instead of like, okay, you get fucking cranked by Ottawa. Then you have some clown dinking around in practice, playing fucking music. And then you get cranked by Ottawa again the next night. So. I can deal with shit like that If they have a response game
0: I mean it it is tough Because that's your fourth straight loss After you get your big reality check Coming right back from the road Meanwhile you're only playing like one every six days Like
1: that's that's Empty lame ass building
0: Yeah Exactly But I found it interesting Because after the Sens game Daryl He's talking about energy and emotion no, I didn't see the game, but I know we harped on Jeff Ward because that was kind of his only, you know, solution ever was more energy and emotion. But what do you what do you feel about that coming from Daryl Sutter? Because we do make fun of that a lot on this podcast.
1: Well, I feel like everything Daryl says is said of the purpose. He doesn't say Great. shit like that often. Yeah. And then when he was asked about it, I think Ryan Pike asked him, like, hey, you said your team uh didn't play with any emotion against Ottawa. Did you like your team to emotion tonight? And he's, he literally said, we won. Now Next. It. Exactly. So it's like, that probably served its purpose. Um, And he'll move on from it. We're not going to hear it every other fucking night and be the only reason why they lost was because they weren't emotional enough. All right. But, because Damn. I all, I, sorry, one more thing on that. I also heard him specifically point out losing battles on the boards and shit like that yep in the same breath so it's not just like oh they weren't emotional enough it's like they were also kind of lazy and shit right it's like where how do you utilize your emotion with the emotion yeah
0: not just like oh this is gonna be a magical formula i what was the trifecta have fun <laughs> Play with emotion, hate to lose. That's what it was, eh?
1: That's right. You'll, ne- you'll never lose a game in this league if you yeah. have those three things. It's like a body break commercial. It's like. <laughs> keep fit? Well, no, keep fit wasn't in there because there's a lot of fucking shape all the time. Body uh, break! Have fun, play with emotion, and uh, fuck, what's the other one? With Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. <laughs> with Jeff Ward and Bill Peters. <laughs> <laughs> all right, scoring summary. Rasmus Anderson, holy fuck, bud. It's about time, bud.
0: It's about and on the power play no less. When they when I saw he was on back on bb one I was sh- I was like shaking my head so hard, dude, that I was going to fall right off.
1: <laughs> my head was going to spin right around. Well, you know what? That's so a hard. good goal because that's like a fucking like that's a determinative goal. Like Yeah, that was a good goal.
0: But here's the thing on both power play goals, I think it was the broadcasting I think it was Kelly pointing this out. You have Johnny Goudreau, this is different, right? He's now lining up on the point. Um and it seems like he now he's quarterbacking from the blue line more a little bit cuz typically he's only on the half boards. Yeah. So, are they it looks like maybe they're trying a bit of a new you got to try something new structure out there. Obviously cuz even that first goal Johnny Goodrill hammers it on net, but it's with purpose. There's a purpose behind it. He's not trying to score. He's literally trying to get a rebound. That's well, all he's S- that.
1: To do. Yeah. And Sutter's big for rebounds and just getting a shot mentality and uh, rebounds and tips are like one of his main, uh, one of the main things he preaches. So not but my my whole point is I don't know if any of the demon are smart enough to get rebounds from the point. It
0: doesn't <laughs> seem like it. So the fact that you got Johnny kind of reminded me of Christopher Steag back there, actually, tonight. But that's a great. Johnny is trying to get a one one timer. Was it Rask gets the first rebound? Sorry, not one timer rebound. He got his own rebound, right? Yeah. He's coming from the other point, got the rebound, and then he gets his own rebound again. But what a that was a sick finish, dude!
1: Eh? I was filth. worried he was going to blow that, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a fantastic finish by Rask.
0: What do you want to say to Rasmus Anderson
1: congratulating him on his first goal of the season? Well, listen, I got a bit of a beef with him because he almost injured Goudreau as well. Him and dumb, 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 and dumber Hannafin and Anderson. First Holy of all, fuck Hannafin it. fucking obliterates Johnny in open ice. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And then let's, let's
0: try not to injure
1: the best, the only thing <laughs> great going on this team we got, please. Like Johnny took a beating tonight. And then is Rasmus dumber? Is he dumber? Like, he winds up with a clapper, like, right into Johnny's, like, the back where there's no padding. Holy shit. Dude, Hannafin will always be dumber.
0: <laughs> always. Blake Coleman gets his, what was that? What was it the Sixth, season?
1: Sixth, seventh, seventh? Seventh. He's on a tear.
0: This guy's on fire. You know only, what? The pucks only, are starting
1: to go in for Coleman, which is.
0: Well, nice. and I think we talked about this in the last one, right? The shooting percentage was in the shitter. Yeah. So we were kind of foreshadowing that Coleman might just start to go in here. Starting to go in like that is a prime example of, okay, that puck should not have gone in. Yeah. He didn't, he missed the net, he flubbed it, but the goaltender's trying to get back.
1: In, in position, and he knocks, he banks it off the goalie's elbow or something, whatever it was. and I, I didn't think the line was great. Maybe I'm just being too hard of back when he was kind of invisible, but that is an example of how that line is going to have success, getting it on the forecheck hard, causing turnovers. So hopefully we see that line stick together.
0: So only Flames and X-Flames
1: score tonight, Sam Bennett. Why don't they show the video tributes on the broadcast? What the fuck is with that anymore? You have to go online to find that shit now. You
0: just you had to mention it twelve times. You could have you could have took the ten seconds. You mentioned it twelve times. The production
1: value is so terrible. Oh, thank God Kelly was back tonight at least, though. Oh man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, why don't they show the video tribute? Give me a break. It was so lame that it had to be with the with the half ass crowd too, though. Yeah, well, that's... It's so the way it is now. Then
0: it's two one. You go, uh oh. I was saying, uh oh. When it was two nothing, I was
1: saying, uh oh. Yeah, I was saying, uh oh, because the Panthers were coming too. Yeah, they were Markstrom. Fucking shut yeah, the Markstrom, door down there pretty yeah, good. Under like, I don't know if it was underrated, but Markstrom was very good tonight. I mean, I guess they hit a Bennett hit a crossbar, but he was really good. Yeah, if he doesn't shut the door.
0: It's probably a different game because he allows you to, to keep padding your lead. Sean Monahan tips it in. You're, you're what'd you
1: say? You look really happy or something? It was like almost comical, like how happy he looked. That poor fucking guy, like he couldn't help but just be like, oh, oh. he was just grinning from ear to ear. He was like, "Hey, I'm one of the gang again, guys. Hey, guys." Did he not tip that on purpose? Though they're
0: in the Later oh, the yeah, broadcast, that's
1: a fantastic tip. Later the broadcaster are like, oh, it went
0: in off. Or maybe it was the highlights I was watching after. Yeah, I think it was the highlights. Oh, you know, third goal. Calgary goes off Monahan. No, it didn't go oh, off tip. Monahan. That was a fucking tip.
1: That was beauty. Tip, tipping pucks up like that is incredibly hard. That was a great play. And, I mean, the guy won the draw on the fair play.
0: Wow, well, go figure. He's, his hip must be feeling better, eh? It's winning draws. Winning draws and scoring goals.
1: Eh? Man, oh, man. Like, I I literally started laughing when I saw him. Like, he looked so – he looked like a little kid who was, like, uh, got a shift with Johnny Gaudreau and, like, scored a goal or something. He literally looked like, hey, guys, I'm one of the gang again. Well, he was taken off. PP one there for a couple games. I know.
0: Matthew Kachuk, we talked about this one. This is Matthew Kachuk's 17th now.
1: Yeah, like, holy shit, he's almost got 20 goals quietly, right? Yeah. I keep keep saying, I keep fucking, how many assists is Johnny? Johnny's on pace for 100 points, right? now. Yeah, like, not even kidding, right? Yeah, like, I think it's like 101 would be his point pace right now. On a team with no secondary scoring. A team with no scoring, period. (laughs) And then, dude, oh. Hey folks, we'll get back to the show in just a moment. Just got to fit in a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So we're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just 5 bucks and get 280 bucks in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet or you're in Canada, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round with Daily Fantasy Football contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just 5 bucks and win 280 bucks in free bets if your team wins. Promo code is THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You gotta be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. There's a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sports for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: This fifth goal. Did you, think, did you
1: think? Did you think? Did you think hand was gonna score that goal?
0: Dude, I didn't even think Monaghan could deke anymore. I literally didn't think Monaghan was capable of finishing in that fashion ever again. I really didn't. I thought, well, and I thought see, that when I
1: see it. shit like that, I'm, I'm wondering of like our thought about like, hey, is there a way to figure all this shit out by putting Monaghan back in a top line? Well, I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna. I don't know. He's a streaky motherfucker. Always has been, right? Like he could get on a tear
0: here and score. But I am literally like, Keith. Okay, this is where I'm at. When the flames went up one nothing, I'm like, no, doesn't mean shit. Go up two nothing, doesn't mean shit. Sean Mahan scores one goal. <laughs> fuck, doesn't mean shit. <laughs> scores two goals, doesn't mean shit. Yeah, so he we'll, could. We'll he see. could have scored
1: like ten goals tonight, and he'd be like, nah.
0: Mm. Exactly. (laughs) But does that, I'm curious though, as a whole, the game as a whole, the team as a whole, the outing as a whole, the performance as a whole, does it stir you in any way? Or are you just like, nah, we'll see what happens next game. Probably, probably the more the latter. Yeah.
1: But it does stir me in the fact that like, I, like, I think it was, I don't think you can understate the importance of them winning tonight and winning like five, one. Yeah, true. 100%. Given this, given the fact that like, and I don't mean to just be like, oh, it's all Daryl Sutter's doing, but like how, like they fucking lose this. I know for a fact if this is last year or the year before or the year before, that's the game they would probably lose. Or that's the game last year. They find a way to lose and they didn't. Um, Even though they won 5-1, it was probably a lot closer game. Like you were saying when Bennett scores, like that's some tense moments and they didn't fuck it up. So small wins here. So it does stir me in the like, it, it solidifies my faith in Sutter. And it solidifies my faith that this team is not like the Oilers where it can spin out of control all of a, all of a sudden. It's, it stirs me in the direction of this is still under control. You just shit canned.
0: I don't know if they're the best team in the league.
1: But... One of the best teams one of the, the top three. Right. And like Johnny Dro shit canned them <laughs> Man, he was good. So somebody threw out the identity thing again. I think
0: it was the broadcast, but I know Daryl has been harping on. We haven't played enough home games and we're sitting here like, well, big whoop, you suck at home anyways. Mm-hmm. So add that to what you just said, how important was it to, to shit can the, the Panthers on home ice? And do it in a sense where this was a must-win game. What better outcome could you have hoped? Right? I wouldn't. Have, this is way better than having a comeback, really exciting win. Yeah. I wouldn't want that because then you're still kind of questioning yourself. I wouldn't want them to have a lead. Panthers tie it up, then they squeak out of win in overtime. Like, like they had control of the game the entire game. This was a fun game just to watch as a fan.
1: Yeah, it was had everything. It was rough. There was lots of shit going on, lots of good stuff. And I, I think it was even like they the Flames didn't even dominate, right? Like you could, if I, I haven't looked thoroughly at the underlying numbers yet, but it's pretty close. I think the high danger chances are like 10 8 for the Flames. Um, But I think in all situations, the Panthers out them for sure and had way better quality chances. And Markstrom did have to be really good. But it, it's, I don't even really care because. It's not like they played a perfect Calgary Flames game where they limited Florida to like no chances and owned the puck all night. But they still played a really good game and won five to one against a team who just beat the shit out of you and is one of the best teams in the league in like a must win game. But I mean, like still pretty close, right? Like for a 5-1 game. Yeah. Think, oh, the Flames dominated, but they really didn't. Like, like we said, Markstrom had to be really good because yeah, shots were the, close 31 yeah. 29. The power yeah. play obviously it helps when you score twice, and your penalty kill goes three for three. Shot attempts the Flames had 40. This is it five on five? Florida have 41. So super close. That's usually an area the Flames, you know, that's usually an area the Flames dominate in. And it was, Super close scoring chances at five on five. The flames have 27 Florida have 28 high danger chances. 10 for Calgary eight for Florida. Florida's chances were obviously a little more dangerous by uh, the expected goal model over at natural stat trick because they take the expected goals for share at 56% to the flames for 44%. So, again, like it's not like a dominant night. It's not like one of those nights where it's like, well, the Flames played really well and dominated all over the ice, but they scored five goals, and they scored two on the power play, and their penalty kill was great.
0: Johnny Gaudreau, game score,
1: 4.15. Holy shit, eh? Johnny Gaudreau is fucking unbelievable. I love that new little play he's been doing with the spinorama. He did it twice tonight.
0: Holy shit, the first time he did
1: it. First time. was a mega
0: psycho. Holy shit. Dude, he should have had a penalty shot or at least draw drew a penalty on that breakaway.
1: Ridiculous. I've seen that called all for my whole life. And they don't well, it's call
0: him. It. It, on the replay, it was like yeah. literally right on his fingers. Yeah, like Right that in his kind, hand. That's textbook what that call is now. Yeah. But it's funny because he gets the half breakaway. He's busting in. And you're like, fuck, that's not the angle. Though. That's not the angle, right? Mm-hmm. You know he's trying to get to that angle. Because there's that little sweet spot where he's going to be able to chip it right over the glove. So... You know he was trying to get there, but then that should
1: have been a penalty. Hands down. Yeah. Johnny Drew dominates tonight. Like that's probably the most dominant game he's had all year. He's so good. Did you see Francis Jesus pants? <laughs> fucking... What was he even talking about? I missed it.
0: It was um Leslie giving the gears to search about who who broke their, their gold road? Yeah, oh, Erasmus, okay. right. right? That's right. Yeah. And then Leslie's like, "Oh, you know a little bit about gold or so yeah. and then they show
1: Francis in the corner of the screen. He's just like, <laughs> no! like the, oh, fuck rah, like the Joker." Hey, Where has oh, Francis fuck. been? I haven't seen him on the broadcast lately. No oh, one cares. Yeah, I know. i been in. A, I, I saw his face, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot you even were alive." There. Remember, remember, he's not allowed to travel. <laughs> 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 they made I that. Mean, they made that rule
0: early on you might we're obviously kidding but maybe not but well the radio
1: guys aren't allowed to travel with the team i don't think there's like any media guys who are traveling with the team there's just i think it's like just,
0: just, and- just a going rule that eric's not allowed to travel near the team <laughs> right like he like literally like this guy is so weird
1: right yeah like, Leslie, Leslie Poe. It wasn't fun even ass. funny or a joke that was even he just fucking howls. It's just like, dude, it's not that funny.
0: Nothing's that funny, bro. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? The pleasure he
1: got from that was like, weird.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I literally texted we both texted each other at the same time. It's like, did he just like just his pants. Yeah, What's he going
0: on? Yeah, That's where he's been, eh? So, but it's funny. I don't know. I think before the game, Kent Wilson, I saw a tweet and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't really know what to expect tonight. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised by any outcome, but I don't know if anybody saw this coming.
1: Well, you know what? I felt like they were going to win tonight just based off of um, everybody
0: expecting them to lose.
1: Not even that just based off of, what Daryl was talking about, based off the practice they had, um, even I just wasn't. based off like Johnny's comments this morning, he was like, "We got to make sure we're sharp in the first period." I just felt like they were going to come out with with a with a win tonight. I, I just sometimes you get that feeling. Yeah. Okay. Last question I wanted to throw at you before we
0: look ahead to the Oilers game here, and I think this was before the Sens game, or maybe after. But I know social media has been going off on this. I know we we mentioned it on the last podcast. We're like, you, no one that you call up is going to save this situation, right? Yeah. And it's just like, but some of the media was asking Daryl about Pelletier in particular, and his response to that was, well, in the in the AHL, you you're there to develop. I mean, that's why you don't pull them up, right? So. And it makes sense. He said, "Look at Manjupani. He's Manjupani is the perfect example of a player developing in the AHL. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have developed in the NHL, would he? I don't would think he have so. been able to Smaller develop? Him? Guy? Would he have been able to develop into the player he is today without going through that process in the HL first? I think he mentioned Dubé in this as well, right? Yeah, because he threw Dubé out there as an example." Kind of on the other spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Because he has he, he didn't develop as much. It didn't did he? Well, like I he think he
1: had he definitely had some success down there.
0: Yeah, but he's been on the roster. I mean, how many seasons did Manji Pawnee play in the, in the AHL? I
1: think it was at least two.
0: Yeah. How's Val Mackie doing?
1: Well, did he get hurt t- at some point? Well, they had their little COVID spat too in in the Stockton. You said this right. It was like this isn't the fix, and I agree, right? Like, no, in this situation, in this situation, calling up Jacob L. J. is not gonna do much. I mean, well, not, not for you or him, right? Um, maybe like is Matt Phillips gonna come in and like may maybe the thing is I think where I can get on board with that. It's like well surely to shit he'd be better than Brett Ritchie.
0: Yeah, and he's a different story because he's he has developed. Like he's played he's played quite a bit in the AHL.
1: So I totally understand what Daryl's saying, but you know, on nights when you can't score and you're rolling out all four of Richie uh Pitlick, who wasn't who's hurt. But when you're rolling out those four plugs, it's like fuck, could we at least get some speed and youth up here? So I, I get both sides of it. Um but I don't think it's the answer to what ails the flames because they need um a lot more than probably what Matt Phillips or Jacob Pelchick provide at this point. This is a good time of
0: the season to play the Oilers. In my opinion,
1: this is perfect right now is perfect
0: timing. It, like, cause you come off a win like that against Florida. You turn your confidence around. You're feeling good about yourself. You have three days of practice before you play Edmonton. Again, everybody's healthy. As far as we know, Daryl's probably going to utilize that practice time. Maybe you're working on the PP a little bit more. Get prepared. Edmonton's going to play Florida on Thursday night.
1: Edmonton is reeling, dude. This would be a, a kill moment. Like, this would be yeah. a go for the jugular for the Flames right now. I think Mike Smith is injured again. Oh, you don't say. He's been He's played three games since coming
0: back. And, or I don't know, three or five. I think three. Been injured a second time since being back. His numbers are in the shitter in those three games. So <laughs> if do we if we see Mike Smith, it's not going to be a Mike like a 100 Mike Smith. Even if it was, who cares? Koskinen's got no confidence. I think Skinner just got COVID. Like they're kind of they're reeling, eh? But they're going to be ready.
1: We're due for a pumping of Edmonton because, like, it hasn't... Ha- We've been fucking bitch slapped by them for the last few years. I We got to have a good old-fashioned clobbering of the Oilers. Like, man, that's all...
0: Like, we need that bad. Don't this
1: is not? like... They keep talking about litmus tets and stuff. Blah, 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 whatever. This would be... It's- it's not necessarily a litmus test, but this would be like a, like a, an achievement unlocked on a video game or something. It's like, beat the piss out of the Oilers. The
0: thing is, though, I've been thinking about this. I think the hatred level has swung too far in the direction. I think they hate us more than we hate them now.
1: You think hate is what?
0: I think they hate us more than we hate them now. Like, Connor McDavid... Even if they're going through a dry spell, they're having challenges with goal scoring. Whatever it is, him and dry settle, they will be ready to play us. Even if like they could get shit
1: canned against the, yeah, uh, I see. What, I see what you're saying. Connor McDavid hates us more than we hate him. Connor McDavid or, loves humiliating us on national TV more oh, than gosh. anything, more than any team yeah. or anyone in this league.
0: I don't blame him because I would if I was him, but it's that's not a good recipe for us. He's how many of the last eight to 10 losses
1: against the others has he single handedly beat us? Well, just was, remember that stat. It was like something like before he had scored the most points in a season against the Flames, like uh, next to Gretzky in like some 80s year. It was fucking wild. I think this was maybe the year before last, but it's like. You can, if since the day that fucking building opened, remember that. Remember that opening night game where he like blows by T.J. Brody and roofs it. I think he had a hat trick on that night. Since that day, it's like every single time we play them, specifically on Saturday night, it's like he torches us.
0: Although we are definitely prime for a for a win here. They're they're reeling. We're starting to feel
1: okay. We got way more structure. We got three days of practice. Like they're kind of spiraling, dude. Oh, they're out of control. They're having the. They're having an absolute meltdown. And so nothing would please me more than the flames to just like dump a fucking ton of gasoline on the meltdown. Not even just for the team, but for like the city and the media are going at it. Just the whole fan base. I just want to like come in there, get your popcorn out. Just fucking dump. A huge thing of gasoline to watch the Flames humiliate the Oilers or just really put a cherry on top of uh, a, a nice couple of days of hockey. All right.
0: We're going to sell the debate right now. Is it Eiserman or is it Yeiserman? I was saying Yeiserman, right? Now I can't even remember. You were saying Yeiserman. <laughs> yeah. Yeiserman. You were saying Eiserman. Yeah. Eiserman. Okay. I think it's Yeiserman. No, you're it's probably. definitely Eiserman. Right. Here we go. I'm playing a clip. Here it comes.
1: Oh, Grasky turnover.
0: Yep. You're
1: right. Bill Clinton over here. Jeez. Hold on. Hmm. Fuck I miss Gary Thorne. <laughs> Okay, you're right. <laughs> Goddamn right, I'm right. Goddamn right, you're right. God damn right, you're right. Yeah, it's like the people who call Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Goudreau. Oh, somebody called him John. I think it was Haley called him John in the yeah. interview. Oh, I was like, she,
0: John. All right, take us out. Give us uh, some words of advice here for the closing thought of the podcast. Words of advice. Yeah, or something funny, or some stupid, or how much you hate Cassie or Francis, something, anything. Give us something, bro.
1: Well, I was gonna say I'm pretty proud of us for not devolving into the Sam Bennett uh, debate that everyone's been having for the last two weeks, um, and we didn't even mention it. So good for us. Well, I actually had a plan to mention it. Yeah, so did I.
0: I forgot. <laughs> All right, we'll close it on Sam Bennett. You posted his um. He's projected to have what's almost 60 points, 30 goals.
1: Well, he's point. What is he at? Like uh, 18, 18. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 18 or was 17. It, it was up there, man. Since moving to Florida, he's got like 39 points in like 40 games or something. Insane. Yeah. Almost a point a game. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that and say we're happy for him.